The Milwaukee Chamber Theater is in the midst of a big, big fundraiser, and they're such a big part of our community. What they do there is absolutely amazing. We're excited to be joined in the studio by the MCT Artistic Director, Brent Hazelton. Brent, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I want to start with just a question. For those that aren't really familiar with the Chamber and what you guys do, tell us about the Milwaukee Chamber Theater. Sure. Milwaukee Chamber Theater is a five-decade professional theater here in Milwaukee. Uh, we focus primarily on supporting and developing our local theater artist community in Milwaukee throughout Wisconsin and telling unique stories from unique voices that audiences won't see anywhere else. You just had a very interesting production of Misery recently? We did, yeah. Stephen, we did Misery for the Holidays, Misery at Christmas. Uh, yeah, an adaptation of, of Stephen King's Misery between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Little, a little holiday alternative for folks who were, you know, wanted something a little different than the, the traditional fare. Went over great. People really loved it, appreciated it. And what are some of the other ways that your theater company is unique? in the Milwaukee arts Sure, team. sure. We've made a, a really concerted commitment over the last three years to um, reflecting our community on stage as much as possible. So over the past three seasons, now we have a three-year average that at least 50% of all of our artists, uh, not just actors, but designers, directors, playwrights, stage managers, everybody identifies as BIPOC and not less than 50% is female. So really doing what we can to reflect the actual population of the, the city and the county that we primarily serve. And you had a big announcement last month. We did, yeah. We're uh, we're a little bit of financial trouble. Um, like most performing arts uh, companies, particularly nonprofits, you know, everybody's still hit by this pandemic. It is over in many ways in many parts of our society, but for uh, anyone who works in the live arts, not the case. So um, we are also particularly challenged because we do not have any cash reserves. Um, most of the nonprofit arts organizations that are functioning and flourishing right now, everybody's tapping into the reserves a bit. We don't have that. So... Uh, uh, we've been doing some fundraising throughout the last year and throughout this uh, early winter and come February 14th, realized we're we're not going to make these targets unless we make a much broader pronouncement. Um, so let everybody know on February 14th that we essentially had money to get us through the end of April and that if uh, we didn't you know, get some support and some help from the community that this was going to be the last season of this this 48-year-old theater company. Before we get to how that fundraising goals go, and I wanted to dive into the pandemic a little bit because you nailed it. I think a lot of people think it's done. We're not wearing masks anymore. We're back to normal. How deeply did the pandemic cut for artistic organizations and others that rely on the generosity and goodwill of our community? Massively. Uh, audiences are not back yet to pre-pandemic levels. Most studies in our industry say they're not coming back until late in 2024. So we need some support to help bridge us to get us there. You know, we're all um, one of the... Uh, running a nonprofit arts, arts organization is much more about managing budget than it is about putting art on stage. So, you know, we're all very careful expense controllers in this industry. Um, and even, you know, since the first day of the pandemic, we've all cut way back as much as we can. But at a certain point, you know, there's only so much fat left and you start cutting into bone. And we're sort of at that point right now where... Um, if we're not able to maintain our current budget level, we're going to really start making some drastic changes to the organization if the organization will exist at all. So tell us about the campaign. Tell us uh, where where you're at, how things are going. Sure. So we are looking for sustainable support over the next three fiscal years because what we want to do is rebuild our financial foundation, uh, put a solid business model in place, restructure organizationally so that we can continue to build audience, generate our own income, and put ourselves back on a stable financial footing. So what that looks like for us is $600,000 of additional support for this fiscal year and the next two. Uh, our current goal is to achieve 500000 of that 
uh, by tomorrow, end of business, Tuesday, March 7th. So the deadline's coming up really fast. Uh, and we're very, very close. We're about 7% away from our total overall goal. Uh, just slightly over 1.4 million in, looking to get to 1.5. Um, wow. And looking for just about $30,000 a year in those three-year gifts and support left. And we have an arts community that loves its arts. Um, so I feel like you have your base of people that when you said this initially on Valentine's Day that... They stepped up and helped. Yeah, response was immediate and wonderful. Um, you know, the first half of what we raised, we raised on an average gift of just over $500. So that's a lot of people doing what they can mm-hmm. to help keep us going, which I think is a pretty strong referendum on the value of the company to the community and people want to support it. Uh, but that would only carry us so far, of course. So we got about halfway through and um, Joel and Karen Quadrachi stepped in uh, with a very, very generous gift, which they also wanted us to position as a match. Oh. So closing out the campaign in this last week now, still going is a $150,000 match anchored by Joel and Karen's lead gift, as well as some support from Donald and Donna Baumgartner and the Hertzfeld Foundation. So anybody who gives today, anybody who gives through the end of the campaign, your dollar is effectively doubled uh, because of that match. So a really an even more better incentive to get us all the way home. That is today and tomorrow doubling your donation to support Milwaukee Chamber Theater. It's been here almost 50 years. And I think that throughout history, the arts have been supported by patrons whether they were royalty or you know the nobility but that still carries on today and i was just amazed when last week it was announced that the quadrachi stepped up Mm -hmm. to do a matching and donna and donald baumgartner have just been behind the milwaukee ballet and so many other important things here in the hertzfeld foundation part of milwaukee art museum what will we do without these people who consistently step up there there would be a lot less art and culture in milwaukee no question and um, arts and culture, uh, Susan Varela of Skylight mm-hmm. Music Theater was on WTMJ Conversations earlier this week with Wisconsin's Morning News talking about how as much as we all love and support and are excited about the Milwaukee Bucks and the championship, and but the, as much as sports dollars bring the economy alive, the investment in the arts for every dollar spent by either the state or someone, a dollar fifty is supposedly coming back into Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a huge revenue driver. I mean, if you think about what you do when you go out for an evening, right? You're going to you're going to go to dinner beforehand, you're going to pay to park somewhere, you might go have a drink afterwards, you may have a babysitter you have to pay. Maybe you know you live out in the suburbs and you want to stay downtown, so you're getting a hotel room. That's another meal. I mean, it's a massive, massive driver to the local economy. And I think in the state in general, um, the arts and culture industry is a billion-dollar industry. It's just an absolutely massive economic driver in the state. Brent, what's the easiest way for people to donate? People who want to help and they want to do it today or do it tomorrow at the latest, how can they help? Yes, What's the easiest please way? jump onto our website, milwaukeechambertheater.org, uh, theater, T-R-E, not T-E-R, uh, and head to the sustainability page. Uh, there is a very simple pledge form there that people can fill out. It's four questions. Uh, we are only at this time taking pledges. We're not taking any actual money from anybody until we get all the way to this goal, and then we will gladly get in touch with folks and say, please pay your pledge. But for the time being, you know, everybody can can pledge with confidence that we're not going to uh, receive any dollars until we know that we can be sustainable moving forward. Milwaukee Chamber Theater, and that's theater with a T-R-E at the end. MilwaukeeChamberTheater.org. Go there. It'll be very easy for you to find the pledge page, the sustainability page. MilwaukeeChamberTheater.org. All right, I don't know if you want me to do this or not, but I'm going to. We want to help you out a lot. Here's his email. Here's Brent's email, Brent Hazelton. <laughs> if you want to reach out to him, you can do that. If you're an organization who can really make a difference, email Brent. Brent at MilwaukeeChamberTheater.org. 
Brent at MilwaukeeChamberTheater.org. And Brent, what's your next performance? Go ahead. Yeah, we are about to open a world premiere of Hoops this weekend, which is uh, an adaptation of uh, a portrait series by a local photographer named Nicole Acosta, focusing on BIPOC women and their relationship to hoop earrings. So a huge celebration of culture and fashion and art and life. It's really wonderful. And you can buy tickets at that same website, MilwaukeeChamberTheater.org. You can buy your tickets. Uh, Let's get out and help the Milwaukee Chamber Theater. Pledges taken at MilwaukeeChamberTheater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E, dot org. Brent Hazelton is the artistic director at the Milwaukee Chamber Theater. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it.